Hey everyone, welcome back to the Reclamation Podcast, where our goal is to help you reclaim good practices for faith and life. Today is episode 53 of the podcast, and I get the opportunity to sit down with brand new podcasters, storytellers, and moms, Katie and Natalie. Katie, Natalie, and I dive into the topic of motherhood, what it means to be a mom in today's culture, mom shaming, part-time moms, full-time moms, all-the-time moms, right? Like, uh, and what that means. This is a special Mother's Day edition of the podcast. And hey, all the guys out there, you need to hear this. This is an important conversation about what the moms and the women in our lives are thinking and feeling about their roles and identity. This is so good. So, uh, Without any further ado, here's my conversation with Katie and Natalie. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I am here today with Katie and Natalie, and it is an honor and a privilege. Thanks for being here today, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. This is fun. So uh, you guys are starting a brand new project, um, a podcast of your own. Tell me all about it. Tell me about the genesis of it. Where did it come from? Why is now the right time for this podcast? You want me to go? Yeah. (laughs) So it's called A Mom's Life, and Natalie and I are both moms, and we're friends, and maybe she can kind of talk a little bit more of the why now, but I think the reason behind it, um, just mom struggles, mom life, and not just mom, but parent, uh, more of a community, more of a, you know, let's open up some of the struggles that people have had and make them easier for people to digest and feel like somebody else has been there, maybe going through it, maybe has some some pointers for you. Um, in any walk of life, I think, you know, death or, or marriage or whatever you're going through at the time, there are similarities, you know, alcoholism or, or death of, of someone close. Um, you're going to find things that you did that are similar across the board. And so we just wanted to make this really cool community of people going through things and telling some funny stories too. Yeah, and make it a little lighthearted, but also real. Yeah. I think that's part of the big thing. But in the last couple of years, I think we've all had some life changes. Um, we both got out of the news business for a while. I mean, you're still kind of in it. Yeah. Um, after we had, you had your last child, I had my first child. Um so that was a big change for us. And then um, last year, I had a stillbirth um, mm. in September. So that was a blow, a big one. It still is. Um, Katie was there a lot through that um, first couple of months to help me kind of get my head on, back on straight. And I think that that helped us talk about something. Like, what do we do now? Like, what do I do now? That's my biggest question. I mean, I turned to a lot of podcasts and a lot of other moms I wanted to find people who could relate to my story who went through the same thing um and I then I was like well how how can I help other moms then after I mean I'm still really fresh into it but I still wanted to help other people and get something from it so we decided that a podcast might be a way to do it and that's kind of how it was born yeah and you know we both we, I've mentioned before, probably in our podcast or maybe just in, you know, she and I take walks with the kids in the strollers. We sure. go to bar class. We go to the bar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we do all the things, but, you know, we, we both talk. We kind of grew up talking for a living. We both do different things now. Uh, like she said, I'm still involved and, and still working there. But um, this was like a really easy translation for us because we both know um, – a bit about broadcasting we both have a background there both of us are still kind of in it in different ways and um 
it was kind of a natural jumping off point for us to be able to share some stuff. You know, we're not experts. We don't have experts in things that we've been through, but we have stories. We have feelings and and that, you know, when she said, I was looking for somebody who had been there. I mean, Mm. what she had gone through, I mean, you didn't know anybody, did Mm. you? No, I didn't know anybody who had gone through a stillbirth. And I was left thinking, you know, well, I still, you know, it's my fault. Like, oh my gosh, well, I, I can't believe this happened. What do I do now? And then finding other women who have gone through it and who could say, this is what will, what will happen. This is what other people will say to you. This is how they'll respond. This is how I responded. And, you know, I still came out on the other end in a way. And you just, you become stronger, that kind of thing. It gave me a little bit of hope back, yeah. a little bit of myself back if you will. Sure. And I think that that was, and I just wanted to share that with someone else. And I've had friends now who've had a sober since then. And, you know, I felt the need to, to help them immediately. So if my story can help anyone else, that's what I want out of this. I mean, but our podcast is going to be more than that, but that's yeah. the goal of it is to just get somebody's story out there that could help other women, other yeah. parents even. And we have some fun stuff too. I mean, we've got tips for finance and budgeting and Disney and just all kinds of stuff. I mean, we're, we're just postpartum yeah. <laughs> bodies. Post, yeah. yeah. What you feel and look like after you have a baby, <laughs> which is a, a roller coaster of fun. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, so that's, that's actually a really great uh, place for me to ask my next question. Um, I know that there are a lot of guys listening to this podcast and um, I've heard the term mom guilt before. I'm sure that a lot of them have heard that term. Um, how, how would you describe mom mom guilt or even mom mom? Because I, I, I feel like there's a, a unfair pressure on moms. Yes, I, I'm not sure where totally. it comes from. And then as a guy, I'm not sure what to do. <laughs> like it feels like an awkward elephant in the room that I'm really not allowed to touch. And I'm like, I I want to help you, but I don't know what the right thing to say is because uh-huh. I just don't want to be wrong. <laughs> Yeah, well, I get that. <laughs> I think that's every guy's fear. Yeah. <laughs> every dad's fear. I agree. It's so true, though. There is a mom guild out there, and I don't know where it comes from. Society, we put it on ourselves. We put it on each other um, to have these expectations. We were just talking about that the other day. You know, you see, especially on the social media. Sure. I mean, I mean it's, it's like the worst. everybody has it's it terrible. together on social media. I look at that, and I'm like, man, I wish I was a mom like that. I wish I was doing this with my kids. I wish I was being a mom like this. And it's like, well, not everybody's so perfect behind social media either. We all have to remember that. Yeah. I think, you know, I don't know where it comes from exactly. I don't know if it's, I don't know. And I think, you know, not to ask you a question, but my, my counter to that is also like, is there dad guilt? That's a good one. And that's my question. Is there husband guilt? Does it exist and like maybe for some it does and some it does. I'm trying to think about my husband or her husband or you. Yeah, well, so this is what I would say is that the bar is set so low. That's so true. The I agree. The bar is set it's so different. low that, I mean, like nothing makes me more frustrated when they say, oh, you got to babysit. I'm like, I'm not babysitting. I'm, I'm daddy. My kid. I'm you parenting. are a father. Yes. Right. Like, so, so, uh. I can do normal things that I think any parent should do. I, that sounds super judgmental. I didn't mean it like that. But like, <laughs> I, I could I could just be a dad and then get applauded. It's like, oh, he's a great dad. I, I, I mean, am I or is it just, I, 
I don't know. I, the expectations are so different. They are different. I agree. Well, you know, there's. I think there was an article, something I probably saw it on social media. I do think social media can be good for some things. Um, but it was kind of one of these. It was a friend of mine posted, I think it was an article, and, and we get the same thing. When your child is sick at school, if you have school-aged children, unless dad has requested to be number one on that list of calls, it's mom. Mm-hmm. Mom is called. Right. Dad's not called. Now, and I know maybe someone listening right now is like, hey, I get calls. I'm on that list. They call me too. But mom's probably called first, unless mom's not in the picture or, or something like that. Right. And, it, you know, I, I work too. You know, a lot of times it's like, well, thank you for calling me. I'm on the air right now. I really can't do anything about that. I mean, I can send a text. Hey, kids in the clinic. And then he, you know, but I think it, it's interesting. And I, I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's because we bared the child and it's kind of like, well, that child goes with you. And I think it starts there. I think, I think it does. Because yeah. you have such, you have the control at first, you know, and then it's just ever since then it's, you know, once you give birth and that you we have the more of the control from the beginning. Yeah. And I We're think that's really, the baby. Yeah. yeah. And that's where it follow, it follows you kind of. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I hear really loud and clear in what you're trying to establish with this, with this passion project is the sense of community. Um, almost it, the word that kind of came to me as you guys were chatting, were like a virtual mentor. Um, were, were, did you guys have it, it? Did you guys have mentors growing up as moms or as, as business women, is that is that commonplace? Because I think I think guys typically, if I'm just to make a stereotypical comment, right? Like I think guys typically are not great at building community. But man, what I really hear as a desire for this podcast is community. What, where is that born from in each of you? And and was there an example growing up? I mean, I think both of our moms. You know, I can't speak for you, but I think your mom is good, is great too. Though we both great. of us have pretty great moms. Yeah. Um. At strong least strong foundation. Yeah. There. Strong foundations. A big role model. You know, someone who, in a sense, you know, can do it all. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that, and I think my dad too. Um, I had oh, for sure a conversation with a friend recently about you know, this is how I grew up. What was different about the way that you grew up versus the way that I grew up? Because she said, I, I feel like you're a very um, you seem like a strong person who who has a pretty positive outlook on life and and some good self-esteem and I said well not I'll be honest not always um but I remember from a young age my father and my mom is amazing but my father was the one who said you know there's a there's a bunch of you know fi- let's talk fortune 500 companies he said a handful of those are run by women mm. and he said I don't expect you to do that but it would be super cool if you did and I want you to know that I think you could and for me, you know, having that male role model telling me that I could, I mean, at a, I'm talking seven, eight years old, and I'm like, what is Fortune 500? What is he talking sure, about? Sure, I don't even right. know what you're saying. But as I grew up, and so I think, and I have a much older sister. Well, she would hate to hear that. She's going to listen to this and be like, that's not true. She's older <laughs> and wiser and beautifuler <laughs> and more beautiful. Um, she gave me some of that sense as well as to kind of reach out, talk. Uh, my mom also, talk about your things. You know, if somebody, if you're feeling a certain way, talk about it. And I think it was, kind, I think for me, it was probably born from family. Mm-hmm. Um, although definitely in the work world, um, when I worked at LexisNexis, I had some mentors and some women's groups were popping up. Those were huge. Oh, right. I mean, I had that in, in work as well on the stations that I worked with, some news directors, you know, that just kind of help you 
navigate and, and, and find who you are. I think that was a good way, especially in the news business. It was a, it's a different world. It's so different. <laughs> it's different than any other business. Well, what makes it so different? Just curious. Oh, God. I mean, you're, you're so, you're out there. You're put out there. Um, is vulnerable is the right vulnerable word? Vulnerable would, yeah. would be a good word. You have to have a thick skin. You have to develop that thick skin. So if you weren't, you know, not a lot of us were born with it. So you have to develop it. Um, and just the, everything that comes with it, making sure that facts are correct, you know, researching, things like that. Well, and the hours are weird. And, I mean, you can't go on camera without hair and makeup. And so that's an interesting thing because a man generally has shorter hair. It takes a couple of minutes to do right. a little bit of makeup for him, and he's camera ready for the female side. It's just different. You've got, I mean, I have to stand on a box because I'm really, really short to appear that I'm not as short. So what it, you wear, I mean, that's oh, yeah. huge too. And the comments you get. Oh, comments, yes. <laughs> and not even just comments, oh. but emails to your boss, to you, to your station that everyone can see. Your shirt is too low cut. It's not low cut enough. I don't like the highlights that you have in your hair. And so I think that kind of goes back to what you were saying about that mom guilt and mom shaming. It's kind of at women in general. Um, it is. And we do it to ourselves a lot, too, yeah. to each other, I would say. But that's what I think we would want to do with our community and our podcast is to try to break that a little bit and Build to know up. that, like, everybody's in this together. All women, all moms, you know, we're all going through essentially some of the same things, the same patterns. Yeah. So why not talk about it and why not relate and know that you're not going through it alone? One thing that we have said together when we started talking about this and, and some of the messaging in our podcast is we're all on the same team and that is the team of mom or parent or stepmom or whatever however you are are parenting in whatever role uh, some people have grandparents as parent I mean that's a tough thing to do to to kind of raise your grandchild as your own we're on the same team we're all bringing up little people and it would be neat if we could all have each other's backs and so you know, something that you've gone through, we're going to help you through that. And that that's what we want. We want people to turn to the podcast and say, here's two people that are real, vulnerable, they seem like nice people, and they have all these guests on that come and talk about stuff that maybe I didn't know that I'm going to go through later, or I have been through, or hey, I want to share this with my neighbor. Who went through that, who yeah. Who just lost mm. her husband, or whatever it is. is that I, you no, know, I love it. It sounds like it's a... a it's just kind of a, a resource, like a, like you said, a, it's a real essence of community. Um, as I hear, like, as I hear you guys talk about work and and mom life and and the kind of the transition, that one of the questions that kind of came to me was, well, what's the, what's one thing I need to understand about uh, what it's like to be a working mom or to transition out of the workplace so that you can be a mom because it, it feels like that's loaded with lots of feelings. Yeah, yes, I would it say is. that it is. <laughs> uh, to be a working mom, hmm. Well, my view on that has changed a lot over the years. I mean, I grew up with a mom who did it all and who was the primary breadwinner of our family. Mm. And she really did. She tried to do it all. But I vividly remember her telling me when I was like 14 or 15, she's like, you can't do it all. She said, I gave up a lot, you know, and did – and wasn't able to be with you at your certain games. And I got home from work late and I was tired a lot. So she's like, what's more important, your family or work? I mean, they, they, they both have a place 
as I find, because I, I mean, God bless people who stay home all mm. the time because I cannot do that. My wife and I say we're not called to that ministry. No, <laughs> I've tried it. And I, you know, even like, you know, maternity leave and things like that. And I have Fridays now with her, at my daughter at home who's three. And it's exhausting. It really is. Right. I don't know how anybody does that all, all day long and every day. And it's, yes, but so I need the balance to to still feel like I'm, I'm important in the real world too. Yeah, so would you say that the hardest way. part is then identity? Kind of. For me, it is, I think. Yes. Katie, yeah. what about your identity you? as a mom versus oh, your yeah. identity as yourself. Identity, I think, in answering your question is the biggest thing. I remember when we had our first child and my husband was home for a week. He worked from home, so I can't remember. At that time, there was no... Um, really paternity leave you know you could kind of take a week here and and then you kind of needed to get back he was taking conference calls from the other room and I had the infant and it was just one baby and I was sobbing on the couch and he came in and he said what's wrong is everything okay and I said I just want to have a conference call too (laughs) and he he was like I'm I'm I come again and I, I, I wanted to feel real. I, my job was my identity, which mm. in some people it is and some people it isn't. But, sure. you know, you're taught, I feel like, in this country and in, in my family, go to school, get your higher education, get, get everything that you need to do, find your career, and really work hard at it. And right in that same sense, also now's a really good to, to time to start a family. You know, later right. in life you're going to have some infertility issues and you really want to make sure that you have that foundation. You can get that down payment on that house and uh, also make sure you're in a really good uh, place to be fit because you don't want to, if you're, you know, if you aren't where you want to be before you have the baby, it's really hard to get it back. And I'm seeing all of this happen. And then I'm at home with this baby. I'm not where I want to be. I'm a week postpartum. And I just felt like my husband was in the other room, business as usual. We had to be. It was his job. Sure. But I grew to had some resentment because I wanted to be on my conference call. I had my job that I gave away for three months. I totally agree with that. And I just felt so lost. Of course, I was thrilled with my baby. That's what I was. That was what I wanted. I wanted mm-hmm. that baby, and it was amazing to me. But I wanted to have that conference call too. Now, could I have? Was I in the headspace? No. <laughs> Would I have been? I mean, I wouldn't have had anything to add. <laughs> but I wanted to feel like I was come sit at my table. Yeah. And so I think for me, the identity was, at that time was, okay, so now I'm just mom. Okay, so I'm just mom for these three months. That's all I am. I'm just mom. I'm just this child's mom. But I wasn't. I was still wife. I was still uh, chef. I was still mom. I was still all the things. And I was missing what I did for 40, 50, 60 hours a week sometimes. And I think for me, it's I, I have a unique perspective. And maybe some moms are able to go through this. And Natalie, you might too. I've mothered from all walks of the career force. I've been a full-time working outside the home mom, kids in daycare. I've been a part-time working outside the home um, kids seeing a nanny or whomever, and then I've been a full-time stay-at-home mom. So I've been able to see every single one, and every single one is harder than the other one. There's <laughs> not one that's easier. Wow. There's not one that's harder. In my, this is my opinion, I'm no professional, but that mom shaming, that mom guilt comes from that because the stay-at-home mom sees the working mom, and she's like, she's in heels. I want to sit at her table. 
And the working mom's like, she's feeding her baby at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I want to sit at her table. Yeah, there's never, it's and always brighter on the other side. And the part-time mom is like, okay, do I work this day? Do I work that day? Okay, on Tuesday I got to be here. On Wednesday I'm home. And the part-time mom still has to do all the home duties because full-time out working out, home, out of the home dad is working. It's a long answer, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, uh, the, actually what what came to me as, as you were kind of sharing some of that is, first of all, thank you. I mean, that's that's a really honest answer that that's what we want. Um, I, I think that there are a lot of people now who can resonate with what you guys are talking about, moms and dads even. Yeah. Um, as, as healthy moms, mostly, right? Like uh, healthy adults, what do you anchor your identity in now? Like where, where uh, I mean, you've been doing this now for, uh, you've got a three-year-old and you, you've got some older kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how do you find your identity now? Does it ever, do you ever get in a rhythm? That's kind of what I'm trying to get to. That's a good question. Mm. I, I'm struggling with that. I think I've told you that lately. You have. Um, because of my loss in September and because it was, I was so focused on being a mom again. Mm. Like I was eight months long and then it was like, you know, you gear up, you're ready to be a mom again and you're going to do this whole thing and I'm going to put my job on the back burner because I do marketing now and, and, you know, really focus on this for a while and then that just gets taken away from you. It's, I'm struggling with that to, to figure out where I anchor myself in that anymore. You know, I don't know because I still am a mom to a three-year-old, but I also feel like there's more to being than just being a mom yeah. and I need to kind of get that back a little bit of more of like yourself for me it honestly it's gonna for when I feel most like myself right now is when I'm like working out <laughs> yeah you get some time yes for get some time for myself like sure. you know just to kind of focus and zone in yeah um I don't know if that's what you're asking yeah, no, that's, but that's exactly mine's kind of weird like, right now <laughs> well I but so I I guess one of the things I'm realizing is that it's never not weird. That's that's exactly, and that's what I want to say to you, Natalie. Like as you continue on this motherhood journey, it's so fluid, and I think like you think you've got it. Okay, I remember my mom told me that when the baby comes home, you think you're never going to sleep again for the rest of your life, but like that changes. You become the baby starts to sleep seven years later, maybe. And at least in our case. And then then you go to the new thing. You know, it's kind of whatever your workout is. Right now you're into Pilates or bar or whatever and, and, and Peloton or maybe you walk or maybe you run and then you kind of, I'm not as interested in that. And it, it changes is what, that's what I've noticed for me. And I think my identity, I am pretty hardcore mom right now because I'm also a two-year-old and two older. So I'm kind of like right in the middle there with both or with all three, um, I'm really heavily anchored to mom and chef and cleaner of the crumbs. I'm like really heavily. But I think for me and and for Natalie as well, that's why this came about is we needed more because the kids, my older two are at school and, and I just read something the other day, you know, there comes a time when you give them that last bath. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not bathing my 10 year old right wow. now. And it's sad. And he doesn't ask me to lay with him, but maybe once or twice a month. And he doesn't crawl in bed with me anymore. And so I'm feeling a little bit of that slip away. Luckily, I was able to have the two-year-old, so I can, <laughs> I can cuddle with her. But 
I think as moms, at least for me, as a little piece kind of starts to go with the older one, you want to fill that with something. And I think for me, I always, I like to hear people's stories and Natalie said the same thing, not to speak for you, mm-hmm. but you like to ask questions, you like to hear stories and, and I like to tell stories too. And so that's, for me, I think I'm anchored and rooted in motherhood and hearing, sharing, serving communities in some way. As long as I can have a little bit of both, it's really hard and tiring. And yeah, I'm exhausted all the time, but I (laughs) probably all are. Yes. For whatever reason. But that's also why I kind of got out of the news business a little bit because it was almost exhausting sharing other people's stories to, to that extent too. I was an investigative reporter too, so... It's, you know, when you when I had my baby, it was like, all right, I, I, need, I need to just focus on one thing or the other because it was demanding. Well, <laughs> and they, they, b- they both can be like obsessive, I would imagine. Yes. Like I would imagine. You have to be. Right. Like if you want to do it well. And I didn't want to not do it well. Yeah. That would be the worst if you just slacked on it. Well, especially because all the comments are coming one way or another. Oh, yeah. When well, your yeah. reputation's on the line. Sure. For the stories. That's so true. And yours was such a fact-checking. I didn't do as much hard news as she did. I've done hard news, um, but not as much as her. Mine was more telling more fun, lighter stories. And I've, I've done both. But it is. It's it, There's a balance there of dipping in and out of mother to hard fact, you know, discovering that. Exactly. Reporter. How, how much does uh, the work – how much does work follow follow you home as a mom – um, one of the things that I've, I've read about the difference between men and women's brains is, uh, like men are like waffles. I, don't I know heard, heard that this. the other so day. Right. You just told me yeah. that. So, so men are like waffles and everything has a box. And the most important thing is that one box never touches the other box. <laughs> right. And so like, yeah, this is like, so accurate. Yeah, it's so accurate. So it's, uh, Gunger's, Mark Gunger wrote this, he wrote a curriculum called laugh your way to a better marriage. And, and he talks about this idea about these boxes for guys, and they even have a nothing box. And, you know, women are always like, well, how can you sit there doing nothing? And I was like, it's my favorite box to go to. It's <laughs> yes. the nothing box. And it's super important that I'm just doing nothing and that it could just sit. And it's back before smartphones, and now we do that a lot easier. Uh, but then women's brains, if men are, sp- are waffles, then women are spaghetti, right? And so uh, oftentimes when I'm counseling couples, I will tell them that, like whether or not you take the trash out in the morning has a direct impact to whether or not you're going to have a romantic, intimate evening because it's all connected for women, um, and and it's emotionally <laughs> yes. connected. Yeah, I mean, so uh, so I guess in in that I'm going to kind of couch it in that idea of if everything is emotionally connected, and that's true for let's say the majority of women stereotypically. Obviously, there's always exceptions. How, how does it how does it translate from um, Cutting edge reporter, investigative reporter, telling stories, being that big personality, which which you both have, and then all of a sudden, um, you know, mom, I need you to help me with Common Core math, which nobody understands. Yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> right. I don't, I don't do Common Core. I, I mean, math. like, how does it how does it how does it translate emotionally for you guys? Well, I got out when Emma was still um, pretty young because of that Mm. because I didn't want I knew that that was going to be a thing I mean you cover shootings you cover car accidents where people die you cover drownings where kids die you know it's it was heavy heavy stuff so I I mean the last week I worked at at our station we I covered a, a mom who who killed her kids wow 
So bringing that, I was like, okay, now how do you do that when you go home and, and you're a mom then just be like, oh, okay, now I'm happy face. It is So hard. that's why I couldn't. I was, that's why I, I got out. I mean, now it's it's just like, okay, I've got to do that. i got to do this. And, and I'm still thinking about that at night. I had this conversation with my husband last night. He said, I cannot turn it off. Like, my no. your brain might be like, I'm done with work. Mm. Your work never is done, especially in, in, in uh, when you're reporting. Because you're always thinking like, oh, I, that's the, the deadline's coming up for that story. I need to have this interview done. I need to talk to this person. It's all, all going on. It's actually the same way in pastoring. Every, <laughs> every Monday you're like... Holy crap! There's another Sunday coming. <laughs> it comes every it single does, week, right? Every it never ends. Week. It uh, never ends. That's how I feel about dinner. Dinner comes every oh, day. Oh, that's true. And I'm too. like, why? Why? Why is it 4:30? Why do I have to start this again? And <laughs> meal prepping. Oh, I hate meal prepping. I actually, kind of like meal prepping. Can you come do it for me? Yeah. I like DoorDash. <laughs> DoorDash. <laughs> I like Instacart. They just bring me my groceries. I think for me, um, you know. The other night, similar story. My husband and I were doing things, and I was leaving on a trip really early, and he goes to the gym super early, and so we're both exhausted, and the dog needed a bit. Just everything was going wrong, and uh, we got to where we needed to be, and I said, did you let the dog out? And he said, no, and I said, we should probably do that. And, and he said, well, I mean, I'm I'm done, so, like, I'm going to go to bed. And it makes, it makes him sound like a... A jerk. He's not. No, your husband's a wonderful human. You know being. him. Yes. He's great, and he's not. But he he was and, and he was done. And I said, I'm sorry. Did did you just clock out? <laughs> <laughs> and he just kind of looked What's at me. What's that like? Yeah. And he's like, Yeah, I'm out. I'm out. He said at this point. I said, Well, if the dog has an accident, he said, We'll deal with it in the morning. But mom brain. That doesn't work. Oh, no. Mm. Because what if somebody's sick in the middle of the night and then you have to go clean up something in the living room? Like, it doesn't compute. You know, to me, and I think to some mothers, it's it's different. Yeah, our spaghetti brains are interwoven with a million... Everything's touching everything. There's no clocking out at any point in time. Yeah. I think the smartphone makes it better and a hundred times worse. I mean... As you can look, if your kid is in daycare or if your kid is at home and you have uh, home cameras, you can watch that screen all day, and they're not doing it the way that you would do it. And I think that's hard. Um, you can listen in. You can see so much more. Where it used to be you go to work and you just shut it, and you didn't have to – there was no temptation because it didn't exist. And I think that's kind of driving us crazy. Um, I, I Maybe men, are, obviously, they're just better at compartmentalizing for whatever reason. But I think it also goes back to, I mean, way back to hunters and, ga- I mean, the men, the, the women tended to the kids. Sure, sure. And the men were like, all right, you've got that. I'm going to go and secure us provisions. And it's, it's not, I, I think there's some innateness in there. I do. I think there's a little bit of, of that still lingering in, in some areas. Now, there are some men that are amazing and they're stay-at-home dads and they'll stay home and they'll, right. um, but I do, I think there's a little bit of that still in in existence somehow and i think we're just better at it sometimes like women yeah. uh, no i mean i'm serious i mean we're no, there's just, no shame in that no game. that's fine I, you can absolutely declare that i'm, just, I'm like, for it we're I'm just better it. at making sure everything is handled i mean i think that's yeah. really right. what it is it's like you can think here in this box and in that box where it's important to have somebody to think about all the different the fires the, yeah the different fires and the different mm. how they're all interwoven together he, when he when my husband when I take my kids to the pool just a very quick example in the summer we have band-aids we have pretzels everyone has a water bottle there's an extra t-shirt we have an extra towel in case someone throws it into the pool yes. when my husband takes our three children to the pool they don't even wear shoes there's 
a band-aid forget it it's fine just no you bring your towel and your swim trunks there's no shirt and there's no shoes and I'm like, well, what actually, if... Actually, I don't see anything wrong with that. I know. <laughs> but for me, I don't want to be on that island of like, I need a Band-Aid. I need a and snack. And the baby's cold. Yes. I think for me, that level, I want to mitigate any yes, crying. Yes, I'm the mm. same way. So I can sit down and watch them splash and save them if, you know, in, in, there's an emergency. But I, don't, I would rather manage a bag full of things than have to go home or have anyone cry. I'm at a point where no one can cry anymore. Yeah. It's too much for me. If you want to see a fight at the Milton Burger household, it's every time we pack to go on a trip. Okay. Like, uh, because um, my wife likes to gather all the things, and then my job is to take it out to the car. And with every bag I take to the car, there's a heavier. The resentment builds. <laughs> yeah. Why? What are you bringing why, this for? Do you think that we're really going to need 20 DVDs or like. Uh, you know, or you sound like, like my husband. Yes, that's uh, exactly what he says. Uh, uh, do we need an extra bag just for shoes in case <laughs> shoes get muddy? I I don't. Yeah. Whew, it's man, I start to sweat just thinking it's about simpler, it. It's simpler, right, for you guys. It, it is. I don't know if it's. Uh, I mean, maybe that's maybe that's the beauty of marriage, right? But maybe. I do envy that sometimes, like the simplicity. Like I would love to just be able to like relax and turn my brain off for like one day and just know that it's like handled somewhere else. Yeah. Like there is some like (laughs) jealousy there. (laughs) Well, I I also wonder if the the pain tolerance is different, right? So like uh, I don't really care how much my daughter, who's my princess, right? Shiloh. I I don't really care how much she complains. Hmm. I just just don't even hear it. Mm -hmm. Eventually what will happen is – I will look at her and I will just say, Shiloh, zip it. I don't want to hear it anymore. Sure. And and that will last until she can get around somebody else to complain to. <laughs> right. And um, I, maybe, I think maybe just Karen is more compassionate. Maybe moms are just wired for more compassion on this kind of stuff. Because I, I just, it would not even occur to me to bring Band-Aids to a pool. I, I... Oh, my God. And I can't <laughs> imagine going to a pool without Band-Aids. Like, what are you going to do? Everyone skins their knee because... The beauty of it is you're not allowed to run, so everyone runs. It's just a kid thing. And then they all fall down. We've had busted teeth, bloody noses. I mean. I also think you learn from experience. So you might have done it more, so you now know what to to bring more. And as with every child, you you just, yeah. The bag gets a little heavier. (laughs) And that's now I got a 14-year-old. Connor, carry the bag. (laughs) (laughs) You mentioned the word compassion, and I just wanted to go back for just a very quick second about, you mentioned, can you leave it at work or can you bring, does it always come home with you? And I think it always depends on the job. I think a lot of women bring bring it home and and men too. I think men, are, you know, certainly. But I definitely think women have a need to to tidy and and make that space what they want it to be. Whether you you're a nurse or you, whatever you are, I think that compassion translates. And I think for me, when I covered the awful, horrific August fourth shooting in downtown Dayton with my peers, that was a really tough thing to a cover and you mm. know everybody thinks not our city it'll never happen here and it did um but i had to go between that those two for the whole week of at the station at 3 a.m staying i mean working 12 13 hour days um interviewing families of victims sure and then going home to you know we're hungry we want this my husband stepped in immensely during that time but i think that the compassion is what 
helped me through that. And what I mean by that is they showed compassion for me, my family. Mm. I fell into bed after working, I don't know, days and days for, for hours so on some heavy stuff. And um, I didn't cry when I saw my baby. Um, at the time, she was pretty little. I, you know, I hugged her, but I didn't cry. I didn't cry when I ha- saw my husband because I had talked to him throughout. You know, here's I'm doing this now. I'm interviewing this person's father. I'm, I'm meeting Logan Turner's entire family. I don't sure. even know what to say. You know, what do you, what do you say? There's you can't. There's nothing to say. There's no right thing to say. Um, but when I saw my boys, mm. I fell into a pile of tears, and it was because the baby I couldn't talk to about it. Husband I had talked to all day and he got it, but my boys. I thought they I have to explain this to them mm. and what is the shooting and and how does that happen and are you okay mom and why are you down there if people were just shot there are you going to be able to and so that was hard but I think um being able to just show them that we're real I sobbed and I sobbed and my little one said was someone mean to you at work today mm. and I said no everybody was really nice to me I said but I just it wore on me. It was hard. And like Natalie said, you know, some of those stories you take home and you carry with you. And I think it's obviously similar if you're a nurse, if you're a psychologist, if you're a pastor, whatever it may be. I think sometimes it just comes with you. But having teaching compassion to your kids and your family and allowing them to kind of, I mean, my kids held me as I sobbed. I mean, I didn't know anyone that passed, but it hit me so hard. I was on those streets and talking to all those people. Um, but having compassionate kids and, and allowing my um, brokenness in that moment to be okay for them, to know, like, I'm going to scream, I'm going to yell, I'm going to fall down. And when something like this touches my community or it could have been me or in 10 years it could be you, I'm going to cry and fall apart, and it, that's fine. You need to know that. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I, I, and I think it's an important reminder that, you know, like go back to the original idea that we have to build a community of people that are on the same team to hold each other up when when we can't hold ourselves up. So a year from now, right, That uh, the Mom's Life podcast is out and it's been rocking and rolling and it's incredible. And um, what are what are we celebrating about this podcast a year from now? That's a great question. Yes. <laughs> better equipment no i'm just kidding. <laughs> yes every podcaster wants better the gear best. always you know it's a joke between some people you know well is this generating any income how how are you paying the bills with this it isn't right and it's not supposed to for us we built this to fill our cup um to fill our souls to fill whatever it was so i I think together, Natalie and I are celebrating with the community, and I'd like to see us doing something live and and meeting some, bringing the community together at an event. I feel like a one year, some of the people who have spoken and some of the people who are listening come and, and say, we can connect you guys. Yeah, I love that. I would love to just hear from the people that we've hopefully yeah. touch, you know, and, and hopefully help along the way. Yeah. Okay, so the last question I love to ask all my guests, right, is if, uh, if you could go back and give yourself one piece of advice. And, and in this particular case, I'm going to take you guys back to the exact same place, even though it happened at different times. Okay. You're starting your first job in news, right? And, and neither of you are, are, are probably moms yet, or you're just thinking about that journey. What's one piece of advice that you would give yourself? 
my piece of advice to myself is is what you're doing every single day making you happy Mm. content and if it is not then do something about it whatever that something needs to be do you feel in your soul that you are waking up every day and going to sleep every night having made a difference and feeling happy and good about it and if not change it that's a good one I think mine would be you don't have to have it and do it all I guess or do it all you don't have to do it all because and all at once maybe that's the better way you don't have to do it all at once I feel like that's what I, you know, tried to do a lot, you know, just to try to fit it all in and to make everything, everything has to work. And sometimes some things need more priority than others, and that's okay. Those are beautiful answers. Ladies, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Truly appreciate it and can't wait to see what God does through your platform and how in uh, the community that you build. I think it's going to be something really special. Thank you, Jane. Thank Thanks you. for being a part of it. Too. Uh, I'm yes. excited. I'm excited. Hey everybody. Thanks for joining us on the reclamation podcast. Please do me a favor. Uh, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, leave a comment review, whatever you can do to help spread the word about what God is doing through this platform. I absolutely love the conversation that we got to have with Natalie and Katie, and I think they bring so much truth to important dialogue about the way we treat moms and spouses and just parenting in general. Uh, Also, look them up, subscribe to their podcast. Let's get them going. Uh, I love to see content creators out there doing exactly what God intended for them to do. So, hey, If you're a mom, happy Mother's Day. Uh, Thank you for all you do. Whether you're uh, naturally a mom or maybe you've just stepped into that mother's role, we appreciate you. Have a great week, and uh, I look forward to bringing you some fresh stuff next week that will help you reclaim good practices for faith and life.